the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey friends, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View. Do you have questions about heaven? If so, you want to stay tuned. We have a special guest with us, Steve Hemphill, and he will share his insight about heaven and what the Bible taught him when he went on a journey to search for heaven. We'll be right back. With everyone in the world with their own view, ever wonder if God has a view? And, and that's what the show's all about. What's God's view versus our view? Topics that affect our daily life. Empowering and inspiring. To develop a heart, a kingdom mindset, you know. Because God does have a view. Your host, Dr. Trudy Simmons, The Christian View. Welcome to The Christian View. We're so excited to be here today. Thank you so much for our audience. We always love having you. Um, and thank you for inviting us into your home and those listening by radio or podcast. This is The Christian View. And we take today's hot and challenging topics and weight against the Word of God because God does have a view and He has a view for you. And I think now more than ever, Trudy, God's Word needs to be out and it needs to be spoken with boldness and with authority. And so that's what we try to do here. And so don't take our word for what we say. Open up the Bible yourself. Read the scriptures that we give you and ask the Holy Spirit to really speak to you about each of these topics as well. Today's topic is on heaven and searching for heaven. But before we get into the topic, let me introduce these beautiful ladies sitting with me. I have Trudy Davis. Thank you for being here. Always love having you. Candace Kirkpatrick, thank you for coming in from Nashville, and beautiful Amy Sutherland. So check out their ministries. They're doing amazing things for the kingdom in addition to being part of the Christian view. So you don't want to miss what's going on in their world. Also, check out our new website. It looks amazing, and you can sign up for our newsletters, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and so much more. Um, Yes, and so, Trudy, a couple weeks ago, I heard a story about a grandmother. She was a Christian grandmother. She was 93 years old, and she shockingly confessed that she did not want to go to heaven. Whoa. And when someone asked her why, she said, well, I think it would be rather boring just sitting around on clouds and singing hymns. And then I read a quote by Mark Twain. He said, "Um, you should choose heaven for climate and hell for company. Oh, Think about that. I know, I know. But most of us have a concept of heaven, whether it's like Mark Twain, whether it's like the 93-year-old grandmother, we have a concept of heaven. You know, it could be some that we've seen in the movies of what heaven is like. But Trudy, let's really talk about what the Bible says about heaven, because that's where the truth is. Right, right, right. So um, I'll tell you three things I know about heaven. And they're from scripture. And one is that God's there because yes. Jesus himself right. taught us to pray, mm-hmm. our Father who art in heaven. Right. right. So, and secondly, I know that Jesus is there because in Ephesians one twenty it says Christ is in heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. Right. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, I know that he has prepared a place for mm-hmm. us because he said Jesus went to heaven and prepared a place for us and we will be with him there for eternity. Yes. Amen. So there's basically what I know about heaven. Mm-hmm. And I I have to admit, and what I love about your show, and you allow us to be very authentic, but I'm kind of like that 93-year-old grandmother where 
I get so caught up in the day-to-day that I know heaven is our real home and heaven is where our focus should be, but there are times that it just it isn't in the forefront for right. me. And I, but then I do remind myself that it needs to be. But Well, there's a yeah. saying that says you could be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Well, and so go. I think there's that balance. Mm-hmm. You know, once right. you really understand what heaven is, and you know, one day we will be in heaven yes. with Jesus in, in paradise. And anybody, you know, who confesses the Lord as their Savior can go to heaven. You know, but I do think society has painted a unrealistic view or maybe even a warped view of what heaven is really like. You know, and you said, Trudy, um, that you know, Jesus was there, and you, you said it is a. Did you say it was a kingdom? Yeah, well, that's what it says in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Or our Father who art in heaven, mm-hmm. in the Lord's prayer, Your yep. kingdom come, Your will be done, right? Well, um, Matthew sixteen nineteen, it says, "I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." And so, I think within even our our or general understanding, it's an entire kingdom that we're actually meant to bring to this earth realm. Mm -hmm. And I think that, honestly, we've done a disservice in the Mm -hmm. church by not really discipling in these areas because it's it's not just a a magical, mystical Mm -hmm. place. We're not going to be sitting up there on clouds singing hymns all day. We're not. No. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's an entire kingdom that we're meant to live in, abide in, Mm -hmm. and creation um, is groaning for these true mature sons and daughters to bring this to the earth realm because it's a restorative power that is meant to be here on earth as it is in heaven now. Mm -hmm. And so the more we have the understanding in the spirit, the more we can bring heaven to earth. Right. Trudy, something you said, you were saying, you know, people that are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good, but I find the absolute Mm -hmm. contrary. I mean, most people have no concept of heaven. They're not thinking about it, but yet it is very important to God. In the Bible, there are more than 700 references to heaven. Mm. And in the book of Matthew alone, Jesus refers to heaven 70 right. times. Wow. So it is of great significance. The Bible opens with it. In mm-hmm. Genesis, for God created the heavens and the earth. Right. It closes mm-hmm. in the book of Revelation that it says, He showed me that great city descending out of heaven yeah. from God. So it is, I think, if we had a more eternal heavenly yes. perspective it would impact how we live our life and about you know things that impact us or that paralyze us here or something if we had that kind mm-hmm. of perspective then we would have greater faith greater right. trust Absolutely. I mean, I think if we stay vertical, stay connected, staying, keeping our mind on Christ, right? right. Then yes, we will, our, our, our actions, our thoughts, our daily life would look differently. And I think that's what the Lord wants, right? He wants us to right. reflect his, his, uh, his glory on earth, right? right. And I'm, I love Revelation. So if you've never read Revelations 22, right. one through five, go and read that. It is so rich and it just walks you through how beautiful heaven is. You know, yes. there's no pain, there's no sickness, but, but, but you're with you're with mm-hmm. the Father God and you're communing with Him, right. and but we do have things to do while we're waiting. Right, and I don't think He'd refer to it over seven hundred times if it were this right. boring place that Absolutely. I'm going to prepare a place for you yes. that you might be where I am also. Yeah. I think you, don't you long to be like that's, that's the part exactly. like that's the marriage supper of the lamb we go to heaven to be in union right. with Christ and that's I mean, the ultimate goal it's, it's a longing to be with our beloved it's like mm-hmm. yes I want to go mm-hmm. yeah. so you can have that can you you can have that relationship here right mm-hmm. we can have that relationship right. here right and but but God has so much more for us stay tuned we'll be right back and we're gonna do it an interview with someone who did a search on heaven and you're gonna be amazed at his testimony we'll be right back don't go away
everybody and welcome back to The Christian View. We're talking today about heaven, what the Bible says about heaven, searching for heaven, and there are so miss, many misconcepts of what heaven really is. And so I invited my dear friend, Steve Hemphill, to come and share his journey of how he went searching for heaven. And I met Steve kind of a kind of a, a weird way how we met, but I was on a flight, and I don't like to fly, but I was on a small flight, and the pilot came back to pray for me. And he's like, you really need to meet my friend, Steve. And so a couple months later, I met meet Steve. And so our paths keep crossing because I, I think because the Holy Spirit wanted us to yes. meet and share yes, your story. And so you wrote an amazing book called My Search for the Real Heaven. So what inspired you to do a study on heaven? Uh, that's an easy story. My dad passed away suddenly. He was right. 69, the mayor of my hometown. And it was very unexpected. He was in perfect health and just died of a heart attack. And my little brother and I were looking for the will and we start looking in this big old safe in the back of Dad's right. office. We found a thick, sealed envelope from Dad addressed to the two of us. But he had also written on the front, and if you boys find this after I'm dead, do not open this envelope. Right. It's not important. Destroy this envelope without opening it, Dad. Now, right. what would you do? Well, you asked me that in Nashville, and I failed the test. So, I'm going to say I, I wouldn't open it. Mm-hmm. Did you You're open not going it? to tell. No, I didn't. Okay. We we agonized about mm-hmm. what to do, but realized that at the resurrection we wanted Dad to be proud of us. Right. We knew when we walked up to him, we wanted to be able to hold our head up and and not have to hang our head saying sorry, Dad. We couldn't help ourselves. Right. So we burned it without reading it. In fact, I came back to the house and told my wife, and she said, "You found what? Mm-hmm. And you did what? <laughs> I can't believe. I can't wait to get to heaven and ask him what was in that right. envelope." Absolutely. You know? But you were being obedient. Yeah. You were being I obedient, was. practicing discipline, which I think is you, which is huge. You had to know, Dad. He he was an encourager, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to please him. Right. And so if he said do something, even though if it didn't make sense, sometimes scripture's like that. It's right. God it's says right. do something, and it doesn't seem to make mm-hmm. sense, and yet it works. We do. We be. We're obedient out of faith. That's right. Right. We don't have to have all the answers. And love. So why? What did you? Your journey when it began. What did you uncover about heaven? What did you discover? Well, the first surprise was in 2000 when this occurred. There were no books on heaven. Okay. Zero. So I realized I was going to have to do my own research. Mm-hmm. So I had 36 employees. I had my own company, three kids. I had a busy life. But, you know, I found I could just uh, take breakfast and lunch and be by myself and eat alone and read my Bible. I bought a little book stand and and I poured over it two hours a day for seven years. It became a a passion for me and I couldn't wait till lunch to get to read. And I was underlining different categories, you know, our new body and new earth and resurrection and rewards. And, and so there were just so many things interesting to me. And I had no intention to write a book because I'm a very high energy person right, and you right. have to sit still to write a book. <laughs> yeah. I don't sit still very yeah. well. So uh, the research was fun, but I had no intention to write a book. I got talked into that. By the Holy Spirit or by an outside? A guy called me who didn't even know my dad and said, God told me to tell you something. Mm -hmm. You need to write a book about heaven and about your dad. And I said, you never even met my dad. And he said, yeah, I know, but promise me you'll do it. God told me to tell you you're supposed to write a book. Well, in your book, you talk about your dad and how how so many people came to his funeral and he was just loved by so many. And so what an inspiration. Yes, he was that kind. It's because he was an encourager. Mm -hmm. And, And once I learned that, I knew he was encouraging me. I didn't know he was encouraging everyone. So then I wanted to become that kind of encourager, and so I started a little website, and it took off, and the writing kind of, I got talked into the writing, and then I got talked into the book, and it sort of took off. It's an amazing book. I I love it. It's full of amazing information and insight. So what was your biggest find, do you think, in heaven? 
in, in your search for heaven? The, the biggest find for me was in a chapter about prophetic indications of heaven. The reason I say it's the biggest find for me is because there's lots of books on heaven, but I haven't found anyone else that talks about the prophecies about heaven. Mm-hmm. And I realize basically there are two categories of prophecies in the Bible. There's prophecies about the first coming of Jesus and prophecies about the second right. coming, which includes eternity in heaven mm-hmm. with God. And so I said, well, I'll, I'll reread all the first coming prophecies that happened during the, the first coming of Christ and his death on the cross and see how many of them are literal right. and how many of them are symbolic. And then that'll give me a percentage to apply to the second category, which is in our future. Heaven and eternity with God is in in our future. And the shock for me, that's the biggest find, was every first coming prophecy was literal. I mean, I couldn't find a symbolic right. only prophecy. Mm-hmm. Sure, there are symbols like let, a lamb, let as a lamb to slaughter, but he was literally slaughtered. Right. And is not a bone broken and 30 pieces of silver and mm-hmm. buried in a rich man's tomb and rise in three days. They were all literal. Right. That made me go, well, if all the first coming prophecies are literal, then what if all the second coming prophecies mm-hmm. would be also literal? And I reread the Bible with that thought in mind and it made sense in a way I'd never seen wow. before. It just kind of opened your eyes. What do you think the biggest misconception of heaven is through your studies? I think the biggest misconception, two of them, one is people think you're going to die and be a floating ghost, Mm -hmm. and that's not in the Bible. The word resurrection means dead tissue becoming live tissue again. It's a Latin word. And then I think the fact that people think it's going to be dull and boring, like the Mark Twain, you know, I want to go to hell where all my friends are going to be. You're not going to see them. There'll be isolation. If they are there, you won't see them. No one talks about that. Right. It's torment. It's it's mm -hmm. torment. It's it's fire. You don't want to be there. Loneliness. Agony. Yes. Separation from God. Mm -hmm. Which is the biggest. The biggest one. The biggest one. Mm -hmm. Um, When you think about heaven, you know, we talked before we we actually went on and you're like, it's, you you want everyone to know about it. Yes. Right? It's like an athlete training. You you want people to come with you. I was so excited of the things I was learning. Mm -hmm. I wanted to share that. Right. Now, I didn't want to write a book because, like I say, you have to sit still. Right. But I made PowerPoint slides. I made 800 PowerPoint slides. (laughs) And I got invited to speak for three hours Uh at a college in Arkansas because they had a lectureship on heaven and there were no books on heaven. Right. And so they put me in a classroom that seated 12 and 120 people showed up. They had to move me to the chapel. Next thing you know, I'm getting invited all over the country. Uh, The scariest things that day was there was a scholar who'd written books on angels came in and stood at the back of uh, of my room and just frowning like this. Yeah. And then he started going like this. And I felt a whole lot better. Amen. You felt the Holy Spirit. We're going to take a short break, but we're going to come right back and talk more about heaven. We're going to have Steve join us for our last segment. You don't want to miss this. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Christian View. We are talking today about searching for heaven. Um, And I had a great interview with Steve. Thank you for staying with us um, on his search for heaven after his dad died. And so, Steve, I just want to ask you, do we all have to agree on what heaven is like to go to heaven? No, we don't. In fact, the first slide of every seminar I give on heaven says we don't have to to all think the same to go there. You know, my wife and I are both Christians, grew up in a very conservative Christian home. We don't think alike on everything, even though I've got her convinced I do. Please don't tell her. I won't tell her. We don't agree 100% on everything. But I don't think you have to. The, The point is, if we're not excited about where we're going, which is heaven, then we're not going to take anybody with us. And also the big thing that I think connect with that, and I have a slide on this too when I teach on it, is why why and how do Olympic athletes uh, have the discipline and, and training to eat right and exercise and eat right every day? What motivates them? They picture... Crossing their finish line. 
being on that gold medal stand. Okay, what's our goal as a Christian? Heaven, and we don't even talk about it. I think Satan loves that. He loves. Oh, he loves it because it keeps us. It keeps us in the dark. It keeps other people in the dark, and we should be able to talk about it. But I think we don't talk about it basically out of fear. It squells our enthusiasm. Yeah, or we don't know enough about it. We're afraid we're going to come across, you know, Mm. stupid for a lack of a better word, right? Yeah. Yeah. And do you use that as a witnessing? Yes, I do. Like you go straight for that. I do. In fact, many times at the end, uh, at an altar call, at the end of a of a lesson, I'll give. I say, "Look, heaven's too good to miss. I don't want you to miss it. If you if you're not going to heaven, we need to talk. We need to. You need Jesus. Yeah. So it's a very motivating. I think, Steve, don't you think if we had the right view of heaven and the right view of God, then we would want to talk more about those things, right? Absolutely. It's just it's not talked about a lot in the pulpit. It's not we're not discipled enough about it to truly know how amazing heaven is really going to be. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And yet in the scriptures, there's so much for the longing yes. for heaven. Yes. The longing for it. Right. And you'll hear that with people when they're like, you know, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, because that like this world becomes so incredibly heavy and you're thinking, I want to be with my Lord and Savior. And then and the same thing, you know, I heard somebody say, we spend more time Praying people out of heaven, our loved ones, Lord, don't take them, don't take them. Then we do praying for people to get there, Mm -hmm. which is really sad. It is sad. It is sad. You know, you talk about athletes, and so I do Ironman, which I love, and there's a lot of discipline in an Ironman, but at the very last um, part of the race, you run through this chute, and it's amazing. I think about that's that's how heaven's going to look. You're running through this chute, and on either side of you, there there are people cheering you on, people that you've trained with, people that you've, you've had lunch with. They come to they come to watch, and as you cross that finish line, they say your name and they say, "You, Trudy Simmons, are an Iron Man." And I can just see mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, Father God, as you're coming into heaven, people cheering you alongside. Amen. Do you know that you spoke life to me? Do you know you shared Jesus Amen. with? Do you yes. know? Do you know that you were not ashamed of the gospel? And as you're crossing that finish line, He's saying, "Well done, good and faithful servant." And that's how excited. We have to be, you know, that finish line, it's a straight and narrow path, but you got to yes. take it. And to piggyback on that, you know, I think uh, Hebrews 11, it talks about the people of faith. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with saying, you know, we can't list them all. There are too many. Right. There's this cloud of witnesses. And then at beginning at 12, it says, therefore, since we have all these witnesses, run the race and all yes. that. Well, I think that means we are still on the football field mm-hmm. playing the game of life. Right. And all our fans, which is our ancestors and other Christians and the angels, are in the stadium cheering us on. Look, Steve is on the Christian yes. view today. Look, yes. he taught a Bible class tonight. Look what Trudy did. They're cheering us on in the unseen. They see and they know what Absolutely. we're going. God is showing his wisdom through the people of the church. Absolutely. They are. And they're, and they're helping us up. That's right. You know, they're encouraging Rooting us. us on. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What's the most uh, unusual thing you found in your research for heaven? Uh, I was shocked to discover that a lot of people think, especially people that are a little older, think you're going to be a floating ghost. In fact, a a young lady from South Korea heard me speak at a college lectureship when my book first came out and later contacted me. And she said, I'm from an atheist family in South Korea, but I got accepted in the student exchange program and I got put with a Christian family. And they went to church every Sunday and I was an atheist, but I went to church with them because I didn't want to stay home by myself. But I listened to the preacher and I became a Christian and I was baptized. and, And I want, you know, I was scared of heaven. Right. And she said, 
when I heard you were speaking on heaven and I couldn't find the answers to these questions, I went to your lectures and then I read your book. And I want you to know your book answered every question I had on heaven in the same order I had them written down. Oh, wow. And I got the order in a dream. I woke up at three one morning and it said, chapter one is this, chapter two is that. And I wrote it down as a sticky note. So you can't make this stuff up. Oh, the beautifulness of the Father God who just wants everyone to go to heaven. So let's, let's switch it a little bit and say, we know everyone wants to go to heaven. Right. Right. But can everyone go to heaven? The Bible says no. said it's a narrow road and few are going to find it. So what I do, this has become a spiritual warfare issue, but I pray that God will create the circumstances in, the, in a certain person's life. We all have someone we love who's right. walking away from God. So I say, Lord, please create the circumstances that cause them to realize the path they're headed on right. isn't the narrow path. Right. And let him do his work. We can't make other people do the right, right thing. Right. I can only make me do the right thing, and I'm not very good at that sometimes. Right. So all I can do is pray, and prayer is a, is a, is a battle. It's a tool. It's a weapon. Amen. I pray a lot of times that, that the people that I love will have a supernatural love encounter with the Lord yes. that rocks yes. their world and changes their life. Because that's what's going to happen. They have to have that supernatural encounter with the Father God to be able to receive him. Them. Right. I even met a young lady who had... Uh, had been a, a, a drug addict and uh, was a drug seller. She sold drugs, her and her husband. And she had one dream, and she walked away from it and mm-hmm. didn't even have a desire for drugs anymore. And her husband divorced her because she wouldn't do drugs anymore. Wow. And I said, what was in the dream? And she said, God showed me what it was like to go to hell. Yeah. And after that, I was ready to do whatever it took not to go to hell. And I said, hold on, let me make a list of people I want to ask God to give that dream to. Because <laughs> yeah. if he can give it to you, he can give That's it to someone right. else. That's right. He's no respecter as their person. Another weapon. Let's talk. We have just a short time left. Let's talk about the childlike faith that we were talking about before we okay. went to break. Uh, the, one of the other questions I get in a lot of interviews is, what's the most interesting verse you found? And it's a statement by Jesus in Matthew 18, 3, I think is the right verse. Uh, Jesus said, you can't go to heaven unless you become like a child. Right. Okay, think about that. If you tell the child a story, what do they believe? It happened exactly like you said. Right. It's like when dad told me a story, I believed every word of it. If he said he could fix it, dad could fix it. So I think when, when uh, Jesus says, become like a child or you can't go to heaven, that's a startling statement. Because mm-hmm. when you tell a child the story of creation, what are they going to believe? Are they going to believe in billions of years? Right. Are they going to believe in each one lived this long and added up and it's nowhere near billions mm-hmm. of years? A child would believe the natural, the, right. the, what's normal. If you tell this child the story of Goliath, what would they believe? He was a real person, but he also is a symbol. Right. Now, it doesn't take away the fact that they're symbols. Mm-hmm. But, but that's teaching me the Bible means what it says. Absolutely. You can symbolize the Bible away until it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've been shocked to discover even a lot of preachers I go to churches, they don't believe in a resurrection anymore. Right. They believe in an afterlife, but not a resurrection. The Bible teaches resurrection and then restoration. That is good. That it's is good. good. Fun to share. I know. It's so good. Y'all, make sure you get his book, um, My Search for the Real Heaven. It is amazing. We'll be right back after this short break. Don't go away. Christian view. We've had a great discussion today on heaven, and I want to leave you with this verse. John 14, 2 says, In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places, and I am going to prepare a place for you. God has a place in heaven for you. Will you just ask Him into your heart as Lord and Savior and join Him in heaven? We'll talk to you soon on The Christian View. Bye-bye.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.